Forgiveness is the name of love practiced among people who love poorly. The hard truth is that all people love poorly. We need to forgive and be forgiven every day, every hour, increasingly. That is the great work of love among the fellowship of the weak that is the human family. Henry Nowen. Bending Not Breaking, Season 3, Episode 12, The Western Air Temple. And welcome back to another episode dun, of Bending dun, Not dun. Breaking. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. This is Ben Pruitt. And we've got Max uh, over there on the side with all the dials and the things making us sound all, all great. He's and producing. also. Guess what, Ben? What? Ben? What? Ben? What? We have a special guest tonight. I love today, guests. Today, as we are here, the wonderful host of another Avatar podcast, Beyond, Beyond Bending. Beyond Bending, which is fantastic. You have to go over and listen to that as well. If, if you love Avatar, you can, you can listen to more than one podcast. We hope you do. You need to go yeah. over to, to uh, Beyond Bending and listen to Marilyn Chinthala. Welcome, Marilyn! Woo! I'm so happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what an episode uh, to be joining us on. You are, you've got the Avatar knowledge. You are a massive fan of the show. You've, you've had interviews with some of the cast before. This is, uh, so you've got this down. You're, you're a pro at, at Avatar. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to tackle this episode. This is going to be fun. Yeah, the content, let's be real. There's so much content on this episode. It's such a big piece of content that I'm, I'm really excited to dive in with you, uh, especially through a lens of forgiveness. We're talking about forgiveness today, which is really cool. It's, it's, it's not heavy at all. It is not. <laughs> it is. I almost spit out all of what I was drinking. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I, I only cried three times this episode. Yeah. Right? So, um. But yeah, so let's let's talk a little bit about forgiveness, uh, Marilyn. When you think of forgiveness, what is what is when you were kind of watching this episode through that lens? What were you really looking through? What is forgiveness to you? Ooh, um, I think for me, my favorite character is Katara, and so when I w- and and um, just a um, a little disclosure, I'm still on season one on my podcast, and so like. Um, so I know the whole story arc of Zuko, but right now my mindset is still on season one Zuko. So every, Mm -hmm. every anger and frustration and like resentment that all of these characters have, I still feel. And so like, (laughs) and, um, and I try not to, um, listen to, when I listen to other Avatar podcasts, I try not to listen past like the episode I'm on. Um, but I made an exception for your podcast. So I listened to your interview slash um, episode with uh, Cricket Lee. And oh my gosh, there's so much I want to like expand upon from that episode yeah. you did with her. Because it very much ties in, like especially with Zuko's story, like all of all of like that Ember Island episode ties in here. And I'm so excited to talk about it. Uh, and I think it's so important to... to, to... When, when we're thinking about forgiveness, you kind of said, it, like, especially when you see Zuko the way we see him in season one, it is really tough for us to, to, 
to give him the benefit of the doubt based off of all yeah. these actions, yeah. uh, which can be something we have to do when it, when it comes to forgiveness. Um, uh, yeah, it's, I feel that so much. <laughs> I feel that so much because <laughs> it's hard. Um, and then it's also like, we'll, we can dive more into like the way that we feel about Katara. Cause I, I think it's really important that you, you oh, it'll come up. up. Um, <laughs> ben, what else came up for you with forgiveness? So I, I think forgiveness for me, there's, there's so much like, like there it, forgiveness is really problematic. Let's put that there because, and what I mean by that is, uh, there's so much question around like why can't you just forgive and it's like forgiveness is divine and there's so many phrases around forgiveness that where i like forgive and forget for, yeah there's so much cliche around forgiveness that sometimes forgiveness itself can get muddled now, forgiveness can you imagine right yeah 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 totally 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 but like for, forgiveness is not forgiving some there's a quote out there somewhere i think it might have been nelson mandela but like it's that when you don't forgive someone it's like drinking poison expecting the other person to die Mm -hmm. and i i think it's really interesting because we are we are predisposed to forgive people that align with our worldview or when something goes right we are more prone to forgive someone and it's infinitely harder to forgive someone that would change our worldview. And I think that's what we see the gang grappling with in this episode is that we see their worldview changing. We have seen them uh, dehumanizing and villainizing Zuko up until this point. And Zuko is coming up to this saying, hey, I'm human and I've changed. And it's really hard to reconcile with that, that change without having seen proof first. Right? Yeah. So that's a big thing that happened for me regarding just forgiveness in general in this episode. What about you? Is What comes up for you when you think of forgiveness? It's a, it's an intentional process, right? Like you have to be intentional about, about if you at once were, were victimized to go through the change in feelings and attitude uh, about the person who did that to you or the thing. It, you have to be really intentional about it. And it's there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that play into this, maybe more so than any lens that we've ever looked into before, is that it's, it, it, it isn't this, this thing that happens. It isn't just this moment. There are so many other things and so much other work that has to go into whether or not you can forgive someone and when you forgive someone and what that looks like. And we see that this episode yeah. a, a lot. So uh, yeah. I've, it, is, it is my turn, I think. Oh, the recap. For a 30-second recap. Yeah, please <laughs> enlighten us. What happens during this episode? Who's got the timer? Who's doing this? Me, me, me. I do, I do. Uh, you have 30 seconds on the clock, starting in three, two, one, go. Uh, the gang walks through the Western Air Temple while being sad about reflecting on the adults that they left behind. And then the Toph says she can feel the temple. They're like, where's the temple? And it's under them. Uh, cut to Zuko rappelling down, and he gets flashbacks of Iroh. And, and then he, he quicks back to Zub, uh, to Iroh in, in the flashback, and it's really sad. And he, he's really feeling all these things. And he tries to join the gang, and then they don't let him join the gang. And then he actually hurts someone in the gang, and then that's really sad. But then Sparky Sparky Boom Man comes along, and then Zuko helps save the day. And then they finally accept him into the group but it's really really tough and a lot of stuff happens and they have to really deal with all of those things and navigating Stop. all those feelings wow my my, my <laughs> favorite line in there was and a lot of stuff happens a lot of stuff happens that's a great emotionally. way that's a great line <laughs> to use in any recap folks yeah and a lot of stuff happens <laughs> like, it's like 
great line. <laughs> I'm only got five seconds left. A lot of stuff happens. And Marilyn, so we're going to skip all of it. Marilyn, how did he do? What was that recap like? I am very impressed. Oh, my gosh. My recaps on my episodes are like, okay, so <laughs> someone left me a review on iTunes that was like, your recaps are too long. And when I read that, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. All right, let me change my ways. But you guys, oh, my gosh. Like, sunshine, good job. <laughs> I tried to bring it. Uh, Sunshine, you I nailed it. it. <laughs> I did it. No, um, but I, let's let's so let's jump right back. In I love your honesty it. with that too. That's really beautiful. Well, like know. that's uh, that's kind of vulnerable, and I appreciate you sharing that. <laughs> I don't look at reviews the same way. <laughs> when we get reviews, I'm like, what, 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 what do they know? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so that's really that's awesome. Um. So Marilyn, just kind of jump in. What, what was one of the a big moment of? that you saw forgiveness in this episode? Ooh, um, oh man. That's, that's such a, oh, you're asking me this question. I have to go scene by scene. There's just so much. When you, um, I remember when you texted me and asked me, uh, what kind of lens I wanted to look through and you gave me like a couple of options. And, um, as I was watching the episode, I think one of my lens that, that I saw throughout the whole episode was like the concept of home and so Mm -hmm. I kind of want to like interweave that into forgiveness because like uh, this episode is unique I think because um we're almost at the end and we know these characters so well and where they came from and um and just analyzing the show circularly as opposed to linearly without mentioning like what happens after this episode and so um for your question wait what was your question <laughs> <laughs> just where, where was that moment of forgiveness that first kind of sparked for you in this episode Ooh, um the moment of forgiveness i i, I was still thinking about katara's forgiveness and how it's not yet like we don't see that forgiveness yet and um and I think it's interesting to see, like, all of these characters and how each character has a different way of forgiving. And we'll, we'll talk about it um, later, but also, like, Zuko forgiving himself and learning from oh, that's that. Oh, beautiful. And... Yeah. I, and I was going to... So I, I want to pause you because you've... you've for, I'm like, oh my god, oh, there's so many things that you're lifting up that I want to uh, break down and unpack. So you, you first mentioned this this idea of Katara having not forgiven yet, and so like this is the the last line of this episode, right? Where Katara essentially sets this boundary, saying, "If you put one toe out of line, I will end you." She's not a howler, Ben. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, <laughs> uh, that was a good reference. Well yeah, done. Right. <laughs> that was like, anyway, like if if you do anything wrong i will end you and it's just saying that she as uh she's not willing to put up with any sort of betrayal again from zuko and it's really interesting that like that's her response compared to everybody else and to be fair she's she's been hurt deeply by zuko personally right and i i think my question for you marilyn is do you think that she is justified in responding to Zuko this way? What are your thoughts on that? Whew. I'm glad you asked because I made a whole list. Oh, my gosh. Let me pull this out. 
<laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love this. Reparations. We love it. Oh my gosh. When I um when I was rewatching the episode, I was taking notes like a madman. You know that meme of like Charlie from um uh what is it? Always Sunny in Philadelphia where he's like going cr
better his chances of doing that, and it is so heart wrenching. It is. It's be- and it's heart wrenching because it's real, right? And so that's step one is confession, and we see that, and we see him try that. The next thing is like beginning transfer, and I think confession is also like in the prior episode where he's confessing to Ozai and saying, "Hey, this is the deal." Like. I'm owning this in more places than just the people who I've hurt. I'm owning this with in front of my oppressor as well. And so that confession is really important. And so the second step is the beginning of transformation, right? And so getting himself out of a toxic space, which he left the Fire Nation. He said no to Ozai. He says this is no longer something that I can, I can deal with, right? Uh, it's like changing your name, cutting your hair, educating yourself, going to therapy, it, to put it in modern terms, that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about, right? And so we see that an, another thing, that beginning of the transformation when Zuko cuts his top knot off in season one, right? Um, and so th- that's just the beginning of that transformation. We have seen that gradually happen over the course of the series. Amends. So amends is when we, like, if I step on your foot and you have a medical bill, it's me paying for your medical bill, but not just the medical bill, it's also paying for the harm that I have caused you and the sadness and the things that I've put you out of. So it's more than just the actual bill. It's the reconciliation of enough to make it right to account for enough. And that's the decision on whether and what is enough is the victims. And that's really important to underscore. The victim is the one who is able to kind of dictate what is enough in terms of uh, how and what those amends look like. And do we get any of that in this episode? Is there a moment that you see I, in this episode of that? I think we do, right? And I think what happens, and I think that's with Combustion Man, right? We see, we see the start of it. We see the st- yes. Okay. We see, well, he's been doing this over the course of several episodes where he's like saying, okay, I'm going to start talking to May. I'm going to start writing these notes. I'm leaving. I'm going to start making amends here. I'm leaving Ozai. I'm going to fight back. I'm going to say no to Azula. And then... Uh, like he's starting to now say, hey, we did this, right? And so for apology, he comes in, he apologizes. Victim-centered, again, it's not apologizing to shut the victim up. It's apologizing to actually do something. And it's important that it comes after the amends, right? Because mm-hmm. right now what we saw is Zuko apologize at the before. beginning of the episode before he was able to demonstrate by fighting Combustion Man. Mm. And it's, I think it's that's what's really beautiful is that after he fights Combustion Man. Well, that's not his name. Sparky Sparky Boom Boom Man. Whatever you want to call him. No. We'll talk to you, Marilyn, and ask you what your favorite name for, his, for him is. But the last thing is, if you have the opportunity to betray again, like Zuko, you don't. And he doesn't, right? And so th- we see him go through these steps of reconciliation, which I think this is what allows Aang to forgive him, which leads to Toph and Sokka forgiving him. And eventually, when we, spoiler alert, next episode, like when he goes on an adventure with Katara, we see him make amends further with Katara. And I think all of those things lead to that eventual forgiveness. So having heard all of that, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. (laughs) That was long. I apologize. (laughs) Share the mic, Ben. Uh, (laughs) Marilyn, is there anything that you heard in that that, like, sparked anything in you what like what came up as you heard that do you disagree with what i said do you agree with what i said what came up no yeah i definitely agree with what you said and and oh man this is what's great about zuko's story is that like we are finally and zuko's finally seeing the person that uncle iroh has always seen in him like 
the potential. Oh, that's so beautiful. I (laughs) love that. Like, the potential to be a great king and, like, him trying to atone and to make up for all of the damage that he's done, his forefathers have done, his country's done. Like, he has a lot to do. Like, the country has a lot to do, the Fire Nation. And um, I think... What I want to do in this episode, because you guys are in season three, and um, some things might not be as fresh as um, all of like the listeners, and then maybe you two, just like all of the hurt and all everything these characters have gone through um, throughout the show that the Fire Nation has done to them, like like going back to Katara, like Katara doesn't owe Zuko anything like Zuko yeah like Zuko cannot even come close to understanding the generational trauma that Katara and Aang are going through that all of these nations are going through and like and it's little steps right we see the little steps Zuko is making in this episode with like the people that he personally knows and like what um, we see later is him trying to expand that to his people and like mirroring like the Holocaust in Germany like people are still recovering from that it's gonna take like it's gonna take generations to undo all of this and so like I It's interesting that you lift up the Holocaust because like that's one of the things that I think that Germany has done really well compared to the United States when it comes to like slavery for instance. Yeah. Like if you talk to to people in Germany about the Holocaust, they there are so many museums, there are so many things that are in place. Like they 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 look at us and our Confederate statues and just cannot fathom why they exist because yeah. of the way that the Holocaust and the way that exp- that experience occurred in Germany. And it's, it's just really fascinating to think about how Germany has grappled with this concept of forgiveness and reconciliation compared to the United States. Uh, and I think you kind of touched on to it too, Marilyn, of, of how Zuko starts with these personal, uh, trying to make amends on these personal levels. Um, but then we see him start to try to make structural changes throughout the rest of the season um, as he's working to do that, which as you're looking for forgiveness, I think you do things because it's the right thing to do, not because you are expecting that. Uh, I, I, like, I don't think I ever feel this moment of Zuko be like, I expect Katara to forgive me for all of these things. Um, I think he's, it seems like he's consistently rumbling with that. Um, but even specifically in this episode, I think like you see him get frustrated. Um, Why am I so bad at being good? <laughs> and he's like, I'm just trying to help. But the, but this but these but I don't think you ever. He never faults them for not trusting him. I think it's this. He understands. Yeah, that's so. He big. understands why they feel that way, um, and he understands that he that his nation has has hurt them, um, and I think that that's an important part too. Is that he's not expecting. He knows that this is going to be tough. That's why he's practicing. That's why he's trying to do what he can. Um, and I, I think that when Katara comes in at the end, I think he kind of is like, yep. I, you're like, right. You're right. I get it. <laughs> like, that's, that's <laughs> what I feel. 
Um, yeah. And so, uh, absolutely. Um, are there other characters and moments that you kind of see that forgiveness or lack of forgiveness um, in at different parts of this episode? Uh, before I can answer that, um, can I can we touch on like the concept of home for a bit? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, cool. <laughs> so while I was watching this, um, it's interesting that like. We're at the Western Air Temple, and uh, the first thing that popped in my mind was, oh, like, this is their sanctuary. Uh, Like, this is definitely how I feel as a Buddhist, like, whenever I feel lost. Um, Like, growing up, I didn't really go to the temple as much, um, but I think, like, that was my own personal journey. Like, into high school, I had a lot of, like, Christian friends and they would always bring me to their churches and I think I converted to Christian as like Christianity for a bit um, but it wasn't until later that um, I think my my grandma passed away and she was really close to me like I was really close to her and um, my place of comfort was Buddhism and so whenever um, after she passed away whenever I felt lost like, even if it was, like, a very, like, culturally appropriated Buddha in, like, a very white store, like, like Hobby Lobby, you know, like, I still looked at that and felt comfort in it. And, um, and I don't know if that's the same with you guys and your religion, like, whenever you see, like, a, can, can I ask a, what your guys' religions are? Absolutely. Uh, i think i think uh spirituality and religion is something i struggle with i grew up southern baptist and and that's um there are a lot of ideologies that came out of that that i learned that i didn't agree with um Mm. and so for me i found uh I, i think kind of doing this podcast and looking at avatar this way has almost felt like more of a sacred time to be able to to look at characters and their experiences and the way that this is written and almost pulled these life lessons out of that has kind of taken over that aspect of spirituality for me that that sometimes i i look for um and so that's been really nice so i would say i I, i'm more agnostic i believe that there is a higher power and i'm not really sure what it is yeah yeah uh brene brown is one of my my fan i'm a fan i don't know if you've heard of her um but she is really great and uh, has a couple TED Talks, really phenomenal. But she defines spirituality as it's uh, grounded in something that connects us that is greater than all of us. And so and that in and of itself is grounded in love. And for, for me, that's kind of where I am. I, am. I wouldn't put myself under the umbrella of any religion. I am going to divinity school, which is somewhat ironic. Uh, but... Um, might challenge you a little bit it's going to be challenging for me <laughs> but it's, it's one of those things where like I, i'm going because i know that and this might be relevant is I, I know that religion has been traumatizing for a lot of people and that uh especially christianity and the narrative around um lbgtq plus ia etc uh people experience religion and trauma and so for for, for me i'm i'm going to learn more about uh the foundation of that so that I can uh, respond to trauma 
And that's kind of where mm-hmm. I'm heading in terms of my spiritual journey. And so I, I, uh, I also somewhat feel, uh, I, rather than feeling a place of home for me around religion, I feel uh, almost more unsafe when it comes to um, categorized religions. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's great. Thank you for sharing that with me. Um, what, why, why I bring it up is because it's interesting that this episode with the theme of forgiveness is um, at the Western Air Temple. And like the episode starts with them kind of like trekking through the desert, right? And it's, it's like very symbolic. Like, and then when they finally do reach the Western Air Temple, they can't even see it. Like, and the only person that can see it is Toph, and it's not until she points it out that they can see it too. And uh, the fact that it is like a Buddhist air temple, and the fact that Aang has so much ties to this, like, like the idea of home for Aang is is his religion. It's his. It's like the the airbending culture. It's these air temples. This is where he feels the safest. Same with Appa. Um, if we explore like the other characters, like with Toph, like her safe place or her concept of home was like is earthbending. Like she feels the most secure when she can feel the earth and she's like bonding with like badger moles, you know, like underground and away from her house. And then um, with Katara and Sokka, like it's the Southern Water Tribe and their family and like anything related to waterbending, and um, with Haru, you can argue that his place of home or his idea of home is his family, and and most importantly, his dad. Like, in the beginning of the episode, he talks about how, like, his dad is back in jail, and you see him kind of, like, not sad, but, or he is sad, but he's kind of at peace because I think he was able to find a different element of family in in the gang and with like the duke and then even with the duke it's interesting to see him without pipsqueak like they're separated but even with the duke and with Teo all of them aren't in like that broken down mentality that we first see them in you know or that we get a sense of when they are telling us about their lives in their own standalone episodes. And in, in the Western Air Temple, they're all together. And so the concept of home now becomes like with friends, like these friends are our family. And oh, man, I love Teo so much. I think Teo is like a very overlooked character. He's so positive. He's, he's just a really positive character. He just makes his way where he's at, too, and I, there's something super big to respect in Teo when he, you're able to kind of say, all right, I'm in this place, we're dealing with these things, and I'm going to make it feel like home, which I think is, is kind of what you're bringing up, is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to race down these pathways and go exploring, and we're going to make the best of it, which is, I think, a really cool thing for Teo. Yeah, and, and, I, and I think... Go ahead. Oh, yeah, and then it also ties into, like, in season one, we see Aang like slowly forgive Teo and his dad, the inventor, for kind of like in his eyes, kind of like invading and 
disrespecting the Northern Air Temple with um, all of the machines that they built. And then, and then Aang is even kind of insulted, uh, in a sense, when he sees Teo like practicing in airbending or air gliding. And it's not until later, um, towards the end of that episode, where Aang like slowly forgives Teo and embraces him as part of like the family and also like sharing this part of him that like up until that point he felt like he was the only airbender and I think with that episode with Teo kind of like embracing and embodying that airbending mentality and that freedom and that spirituality like uh, it's so beautiful and then just seeing them all together in this episode I freaking love it <laughs> one of the things I find really intriguing about this this concept of home is is that the people who are most at home in the way that you described it are the one that's the order in which Zuko was forgiven mm. so Aang being most at home being this is the western air temple this is like his home and like then like Toph right who earth bending where she is surrounded by earth and she is able to bend and so she's able to forgive Zuko and then the people like who are outside of their element i.e. Katara and Sokka are slowest to to forgive and I think that's that's an interesting concept like I I, I find that to be a really neat uh thought process what do you what do you think about that sunshine well, I think it goes back to earlier, like to be able to forgive, you have to feel safe. And I think it's easier to feel safe when you feel like you're, you're home or you're in that secure place. Um, and so to be able to do that makes you able to forgive. But I also think that it kind of speaks to Zuko is that almost to be able to feel like he's home, to be in a place where you to feel like he, he's home. He's got to let go of all these things that he regrets earlier. He's got to find oh. that place of, of forgiveness for himself. That's so before, beautiful. If he even wants to step in the door uh, and feel like he belongs, that's something that he's he's got to work on is that forgiveness for himself. And well, I think to feel like you're at home, that has to happen. That's fascinating because, so Brene Brown's book on braving the wilderness, which is all about belonging, it talks about how belonging to yourself is our ultimate goal. Where we belong, If we belong to ourselves, we can survive in the wilderness. And that's what we see where Zuko has arrived at this point. He so belongs to himself. Like, he knows that what he's doing is in the right. He's confident. And, and, I, and co- not confident in, like, engaging with the, with the gang, but, like, confident that he is making the right choice. That he is, he is, like, in the wilderness. It is scary. He is trying to survive all alone. And he is at a point where he can, like, it's, it's just so beautiful that he is... Because he so belongs to himself, he is able to confront this gang, the gang, and do so in a way that says, "Hey, I know I can help you. I I want to change. Here I am, Zuko here. <laughs> Hi, Zuko here. Yeah. Um, this, oh, that's beautiful. Uh, so much. Uh, I, I so appreciate you lifting all that up because that sense of home is so important. Um, and it's not something that everyone has, and so finding that can be difficult. But it's, um when it comes to being safe to be able to forgive that's that's kind of an important part it would seem yeah um oh we are, we've got to jump into our uh our devotion and our gratitude soon but is there any other big things that we want to lift up from this episode before we jump into the back half of our our, uh, our episode today i haven't even talked about zuko's concept of home yet can i do that oh please do Ooh. yes with zuko 
in season one, episode two, Avatar Returns, like when he finally captures Aang, right? You hear in Dante Bosco's voice, like he's so happy. He's like, I'm going home. And you feel that pain and you feel like that longing for going back into the Fire Nation and being accepted, like in his eyes, finally being accepted into the family again. Um, but of course, like that doesn't happen like <laughs> a lot happens to Zuko um but even when he is like going down that rope and he's like looking at Avatar Yang Chen's statue there's a flashback of him and Uncle Iroh um at the Western Air Temple I think like a week after he was banished and that mm-hmm. and that was when Zuko just lost his con like to him, his concept of home was shattered. It's gone. And it's so interesting now, like, it seems like, like, right now, Zuko has figured out that his concept of home is Uncle Iroh. And him not having that for, like, the first half of season three, like, wrecked him. And I think that's what made him, like, finally have this self-realization, like, of what he wanted. And so... And then it ties in at the end when he, like, when it's so funny when Sokka, like, walks him to his room. It's so awkward. But when he's in that room, he pulls out a picture of Uncle Iroh and looks at it and smiles. And it's just so heartwarming for him to finally realize, like, he's found his home. He knows what he wants. He knows where his sense of security is and it's not until like the season finale where he's finally reunited with Uncle Iroh but I think it's just so interesting that he has that picture of Uncle Iroh and how that's precious to him but it also makes me remember like what Katara um what Katara mentioned earlier in the episode like he stole my mother's necklace and um in defense of Katara and like I don't know just all of the all of the crap the fandom is giving her about always talking about Katara like like her mother's necklace like replace that with Uncle Iroh and Uncle Iroh's picture of his son if someone stole Uncle Iroh's picture of his son that person is dead right like the whole fandom would riot that's how that's so true <laughs> that's totally. so true yeah. what a great comparison and like wow and it also doesn't like i think rewatching the show right now for me and like i empathize with the katara so much more because um like a month ago my cousin passed away from cancer and she has a four-year-old son or a five-year-old son and I think that was how old Katara was when she lost her mom. And so, like, like, ugh. and this is why I, like, I am also forgiving Zuko at the same time with Katara. And that's why, like, right now, Katara, like, sh- when she decides to forgive Zuko, he's done so much to hurt her. And, like, when he does take that necklace from her like ooh, ooh, i would murder him too like oh man yeah which it kind of goes back to this idea that like 
no katara has no requirements to forgive zuko in this moment and the people who have been harmed in any situation are not responsible for forgiving the person who did them wrong period right and i and i think that's such an important thing to highlight i also just want to just touch on how what you what you said about him having this this moment with iroh's picture i i think for me that's the moment where he is able to say i'm able to forgive myself because i know i'm doing what one uncle iroh my uncle the person i love knows to be right and i know i'm in alignment with his values and that is again going back to this belonging to yourself and like i am i'm doing what i believe is right and i am able to forgive myself for what i have done because i am making amends now yeah oh and that's such a beautiful kind of stamp to be able to end this section on we're going to take a quick break and then we will come back with our devotion and our gratitude for the episode we'll be right back Welcome back, everyone. We just had a nice little break to talk about all of our things, and now we're coming back to our devotion. And this week, thankfully, we have Marilyn joining us, uh, but this week we're going to be talking about forgiveness through the element of earth. And so, Sunshine, when you think of forgiveness and earth and how they relate with one another, what is a, a goal that you want to set for yourself for the coming week and with, with those two things in mind? This is one of those weird moments because I don't hope that I have to apologize a lot for things. Like, I'm not <laughs> hoping for, like, a lot of moments where I need to apologize. They probably happen more frequently than I would want them to, but... Um, I think for me, I really love the way that you kind of ordered out and set the foundation and, and how that foundation is really important for, for that apology to, to land. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I think it's how am I setting that foundational piece? Am I doing the things to make amends? Am I doing all of that before the apology even starts? Um, and so that's kind of my goal is to make sure that in those moments where I need to apologize for something, have I done the work to lead up to that point so that that can be the apology can be in the best place for it to be heard yeah. um, and for it to really come from a place of I'm apologizing because it's, it's the, it's what needs to happen. This is it, that it's not for me. It's not for me to feel well, the response of, Oh good. Like they forgave me. So my conscience is clear. It's yeah. you, you are either going to forgive me or not forgive me, but that's not why I'm apologizing. I'm apologizing because I did something wrong. That's beautiful. Um, and I yeah. think that's what I need to work on this week. Again, hoping that I don't have to make a lot of apologies. Yeah. But sometimes you do. But it also just underlined the score that like earth in the found is the foundation of everything. Yeah. And that's like, we have to lay that foundation in order to be able to apologize. So I love that you laid that out for us. For, for me, I'm, I'm tying forgiveness to earth in the sense that I think, uh, if I go back to that quote where if, if we're unable to forgive someone, it's like, uh, drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Like I, I, I I want forgiveness. I want forgiveness, and so I think I think forgiveness because I think forgiveness is nourishing. I think it's life giving. I think that it. I think that the fact that the gang was able to forgive Zuko is gave him the 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 avenue to make a further amends than he was able to prior, and so it's interesting. 
So uh, for, for, for me, it's how do I, how do I nourish myself by thinking about the, the things that I am holding on to, the angers that I am holding on to, the resentments that I am holding on to, and how do I say, for me, how can I nourish myself by letting some of these things go? And how can I nourish myself and nourish everyone else by letting these things go? And so that that's, and, and letting them go does not like, and I think it's important that we highlight that forgiving someone is not letting them off the hook, right? It's not saying I'm not gonna hold you accountable for your actions. It's saying, I forgive you and I'm gonna hold you accountable for your actions. Right. And and I and I, I think for me that's the nourishing piece is it, like if a if a five year old does something wrong, it's saying, Hey, I forgive you. This is something that like five year olds do, and I'm gonna put you in timeout for a few minutes. Right. And so I'm gonna hold you accountable and maybe that's not the best course of action, but like whatever it may be. And so for me it's how do I forgive and balance that accountability? Well, because you can still forgive and set boundaries. I can yes. forgive you, and yet here's a boundary that I'm not willing to cross. And, and we see Katara set that boundary, right? And I right? need you to not do that, or I'm not ready for. I'm not ready to open. The, I forgive you, but I'm not ready to pursue this relationship. Right exactly. Now. And yes. uh, sometimes those boundaries have to be set. Um, but yeah, oh, that's so tough. It's oh, I didn't say it was easy. It's so <laughs> tough. Oh, uh, oh, Marilyn, do you have anything you, that you would like to add for the for our devotion? Yeah, it's interesting that that you guys bring up like the concept of boundaries and like even in this episode Zuko is still learning these boundaries and learning how to respect them like when Toph's feet get burned and she's running away and she tells him to like back off and he doesn't like he keeps pursuing her and he like even like physically grabs her and she had to physically push him away and like with Zuko he's like still learning that learning boundaries um but that doesn't stop him and i really like how he even when he keeps in his eyes like he's so bad at being good and he's still forgiving himself constantly and um even with the absence of katara's forgiveness he still keeps going and i think i definitely need to be more like that in terms of like um, not always getting the forgiveness from people or not always like in terms of me moving on with my life, I don't need forgiveness from others to try to be a better person. I love that you highlighted that moment with Zuko and Toph. I think that's just such an integral thing that we we didn't really spend much time on. And I, I think that it is never okay for a man especially to use physical force to restrain a woman when they're trying to run away or to put it another way anyone in a position of power to physically restrain someone with less power when words are not enough yeah right um the only time where that might be accepted is when they're putting themselves at harm's way and i i I think that it's just I, I just want to lift that up, and I think that's important. So well, thank you for lifting that up for us. Boundaries are important when it comes to forgiveness because if I'm setting boundaries and you continue to cross them, 
you're not showing me that you're you're, you're not, not making amends to make right? amends, right? And so that's an important thing to highlight when it does come to forgiveness. Oh, yeah, that is so tough. Wow. Oh, <laughs> gratitude. <laughs> what an episode. Let's talk about gratitude. Let's give some gratitude out. I love gratitude. Marilyn, we'll let you start this time. Who are you grateful for this episode? Oh my gosh. All right. So, um, I kind of I kind of have one and a half. Um, my half is. May Chan, she's a staff writer for this episode, and she, I think she came on um, for the Avatar show, I think it starts with the Puppet Master with the Bloodbending episode, and then Oof. it ends with the season finale, and I, I think I just love, like, the older I get, the more I pay attention to um, people of color in, like, the industry, but also, like, uh, women people of color specifically an an asian american female writer and i like it sucks because i was trying to look up and google interviews with her in terms of like what she did on the show how like what her part was like um besides aaron e hats and his wife elizabeth like what what did she contribute to and my head canon i don't know if this is real <laughs> but but my head canon is that like um because everyone compares this show right to game of thrones like game of thrones was a show where the ending did not satisfy anyone <laughs> and then there's just like a meme of like everyone pointing to avatar like this is how it's done you know and so um i the think the horse meme <laughs> yeah and so i think like my head canon is telling me that may chan is the reason why like the landing stuck for this show i think she like was a very integral part in making sure that this show like I was on it um i could be wrong i don't know i would love to interview her that's like my dream goal um well representation matters yeah <laughs> i think you're lifting that up and i think that's important i love it and then uh but my character from the show that i want to appreciate is Katara oh my gosh I love Katara so much and like going back to um your your episode with Cricket Lee and characters with resilience like Katara is so secure and and just like resilient in in everything that she does even if she is stubborn like you see that with like um what is it the painted lady you see that with the waterbending scroll like she like i love women with conviction that knows mm. their like that has an agenda and knows what they want and isn't fooling themselves like it it could be so easy for katara to go with the flow right to be like the waterbender where she like as the gang is forgiving Zuko she could have easily just like lied and went along with it but she trusted Aang and his judgment without saying that she forgave Zuko because that comes later and even when she does approach him at the end um, and she's totally justified for for threatening him <laughs> like as bad as that is in the show of violence that's kind of her last resort right to be kind of like the the mama bear 
And she's always been the mama bear. She's always been the heart of the show and the mother figure for all of these kids because they're still kids. And I just want to like show appreciation for her for being the mama bear and protecting them even if it does resort to threatening Zuko with violence. I think that's beautiful. I, I, I think she deserves all the gratitude. I'm all for it. I'm here for it and I love it and I'm I'm a care I'm a Katara stan. I love it. <laughs> Sunshine, what's your gratitude uh, I'm gonna go with Toph. Ooh, I love Ooh. her. I so respect her ability to think logically and to be able to piece together Aang needs a, a firebending master. Yes. Yeah. And we need to look at forgiving Zuko and see if this is because he's the best pet. I am so not that person. Oh, me either. Um, and so her <laughs> ability to do that, I'm, I am emotion-filled, and I would have been right there with Sokka and Katara. And, Same. And... So her ability to kind of sit there and, and, and call them out and say, hey, we need to think about this logically and at least give it the time of day to, like, well, at least process this. We still might not decide that it's the right way, but can we at least process Well, this? and the quote is, maybe you're letting your hurt feelings keep you from seeing things clearly. Right. And, I, I again, that is so not me. Um, she goes and she tries. And, uh, yes, there's a little kerfuffle, but... I, I just I really appreciated that about her and so that's I want to lift that up because that's such a thing that I don't do and I I love that she does that here. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I I love that. Thank you for lifting that up. So I I I I gotta I gotta pick Zuko. I, I just what a what a paradigm like just oh my goodness paragon of excellence in regards to courage. This is what courage looks like it looks like apologizing it looks like making amends it looks like doing the work to make things right when there has been a systemic issue in your culture and your life and you have started to see it plainly and clearly and i just i want more people in our lives today to be like zuko to be able to see the things that are that he has done wrong but also see the history of violence and oppression that his family has done and to want to make it right mm -hmm. to, I just, I, I want that so much for all of us. And I want there to be, I, I want to cultivate more brave cultures that look to Zuko for guidance. That's what I want. Uh, gratitude for Zuko, Katara and Toph. What a wonderful way to end this episode. Marilyn, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank where you for having can, me. Where can everybody find all of your things? Uh, you can find Beyond Bending um, on all those social medias, beyondbending.com. Um, we're on iTunes, Spotify, I think anywhere that plays podcasts. I think you can find us. Um, yeah. Um, go ahead and check out my podcast. Sweet. Absolutely. Please do. Please go ahead over to Beyond Bending and, and give them a follow and subscribe and, and listen because we there's so much we've got time to listen to, to podcasts and who doesn't love more avatar content that's right <laughs> i do another thing you can do is remember support us on patreon we're looking to get to Quora soon and we really want to do that and we have a goal of getting to 50 patreon subscribers by then and we really need your help and support to do that we're we're getting there we're closer but we would love to have your support 
uh, as we try to get to that goal. Absolutely. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at BNB underscore pod. Check us out on Facebook at Bending Not Breaking. And I'm Sunshine Mayfield. And this has been Pruitt. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Okay, goodbye. Woo.